Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of AFK Discussions. It's your boy Jason, and with me as always is my boy Ty. What's up, dude? Yo, what's going on, my boy? Not much, man. How's your week been? <clears throat> dude, so far so good. I mean, this past weekend, of course, was the, the big one-piece tournament in Knoxville. So hanging out, doing that with some buddies, and then watching some football, and then other than that, just spending time with my son. He's he's coming up on two months old, so he's Gosh. he's just chugging along. He did his first uh, he had his first modeling gig on Friday, this past Friday, which was really cool. Um, so he'll be on Tulabee's uh, holiday like landing pages for their websites and stuff. So um, look out for him; he's out there, guys. Awesome. So guys. Make sure you go and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're listening to this right now, you've got to be listening to it on a podcast platform. So while you're there, just hit the subscribe. Give us a five-star review. That would be awesome. That would help us out. Also, go to Instagram, Facebook, wherever you do social media, and also follow us there. Guys, we have an extra special guest today. The man, the myth, the legend, Tony Merkel. What's up, Tony? Brother, what's up, man? Thanks for having me. Yeah, dude. I've been I've been wanting to have you on for a while, but you are so busy. I just didn't want to ask. And then I saw that little you had that little post on on Instagram. It's like, I want to come on and talk about my new uh my new film. Come on, have me on your podcast. I was like, dude, you gotta get on here. So here we are. Here we are. So how are things going with the Shape of Shadows? Good, good. Uh we first did the live premiere i think that was last yeah it was an, on august 19th and so we have a a little bit of a different strategy about how we're trying to put the film out because it, we, we come from a different vantage point from a lot of uh people doing films especially people who are just starting out doing films um i come i come with a pretty sizable audience already so we're not really putting films out there and trying to figure out how to get people to watch it we already have a, a good audience that's already geared towards our content. And so we decided to make sure that, you know, uh, we do things as responsible as possible on the business end. Uh, we we want to refrain from allowing Amazon, Apple, or Tubi getting their fingers on our creations until they're, they're basically last in line. Uh, they, they take, like, like, I think Amazon takes like 50% of, anything your film makes and so it's just like but you didn't do anything you know <laughs> and so uh i because i spent you know six almost seven years now uh building an audience myself uh we decided to do a live uh a live premiere for this film and we did that for our first one too but we didn't really have a game plan for that one uh that one was exhibition dog man and uh that one was just like because i mean when we did the live premiere i mean we like we just put it on YouTube like two weeks later. We didn't know what we were doing. I had no idea. I, I thought it was just gonna be a YouTube video. And then um, I was fortunate enough to have uh, uh, Joseph Granda come into my inner circle and start working with me. He's got 30 years experience of Hollywood. He's been on Broadway. He knows the industry and the ins and outs. He's been on some pretty major films. And uh, he he's just for whatever reason took a liking to me and he's like, let me help you. Cause you're looking kind of sloppy. I'm like, thanks man. appreciate it. And, uh, he, he came in and cleaned some things up and, um, we took it off of, we took the first film off YouTube and put it up on another server that 
you know, shot it out to like the platforms like Amazon and Tubi and Apple and stuff like that. But uh, there was no plan for that one. So this one we went in with more of a plan. And so we decided we were going to do that live premiere again. And that worked out great. We actually made back most like, I, and when I say most of, I think like probably maybe a, a couple hundred dollars shy of our initial investment, you know? So like the investment of going out there, all the expenses of going to Utah and you know, all that stuff. Uh, we made that back and now we're in the next phase of our three phase plan, which is uh, doing on demand streaming through our website, Merkel.media. So people are going to be able to go, they can right now actually go and uh, stream the film on demand. They just go to Merkel.media, hit stream now, it redirects them to the Vimeo on demand page where they can either buy it or rent it and um, they can watch it that way. And after a while from there, then we'll release to major platforms. But I'm not in a big hurry to do that. So if you want to watch the film, they can watch it at Merkel.media for now. Uh, and I don't know when we're going to change that sometime in the future, I'm sure. But right now it's on demand at Merkel.media. I don't even know if that answered your question. I was just talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Um, guys, you have to go see this film. I've watched it a few times. Um, I, I I was waiting for this to come out because I'm I'm a huge fan of that other TV show that shall remain remain nameless. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, gosh, you guys caught some of the gosh some of the best evidence I've seen. I, it it blew me away. It was awesome. Yeah, you know, I we we go out there and we don't really have a game plan. Uh like we have a general game plan and it's not mine. Typically, uh we like like the produce that's the producer's job and that's Joseph. So Joseph will go out there and for this film it was also Christian. Uh they went out there a day ahead of time. They had a storyline written of how generally you want things to kind of unfold or just a general idea. And, uh, and then from there you let chaos ensue. And so, you know, we went out there and not really knowing what to expect. Like we're not going out there to stage things, you know, it's not that kind of film. Uh, we just want to put ourselves in the environment that people say they have these experiences to see what happens. And, you know, uh, if I'm being honest, I mean, one of my deepest fears is that I go to a location and you know, all we ever get on film is the sun going up and down, you know, <laughs> like I'm a yeah. little, little worried about that, but, uh, we've done three of them so far and each one has had some pretty gnarly things go on. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't know if I'm that lucky or if, or what, but, uh, this film, we, we get out there before we even got out there, I had gotten a phone call from the guy who owns the property. So, uh, this guy, Ryan Burns, he was on my show a long time. Well, he, recently he was on again, but his, his debut on my show was episode 202. And I'm almost at episode 600 now, so it's been a while. And uh, he comes on and he talks about his property that he bought to do research in the Uinta Basin. And it all started because he, uh, he, he was out there near Skinwalker Ranch. Everybody knows Skinwalker Ranch. I'll say it, whatever, you know? Um, and he has an encounter with a skinwalker. He is driving his truck down the road and he sees like the, what he thought was an elderly person with like maybe a, a, a hood over their head or something. And he pulls over and he asks them if they're okay, if they need a ride. And he pulled up next to them, you know, and 
the only thing he remembers is them turning their head and looking at him. And the next thing he knows, he's down the road, hanging out of his truck. Truck stopped. He's hanging out of the truck, just catatonic. And uh, the police come, the, the, the um, reservation police, and he tells them what was going on and what happened. And they told him that he got nabbed by a skinwalker. And he's like, what is that? You know, sounds interesting. And so he went home and said, I think we need to buy this property. No, that's not how it actually went, but it was pretty close to that. Really. I mean, he got obsessed with it and uh, somehow convinced his wife that it was a good idea to purchase a property that went, went up for sale that bordered the property of Skinwalker Ranch where all this crazy stuff happens. And so he bought uh, a property and he since has expanded it since I've been there. But, um, to do this research where he wants to, you know, document the experiences on the property since it's right there next to Skinwalker Ranch. And, you know, the paranormal and this stuff does not know the, you know, the property lines of Skinwalker Ranch. It does kind of crosses over. And so, um, he, he got that property. And then when he was on my show talking about everything and the different things that he's documented, I said on the show, uh, would you ever, let anybody come out and stay on the property. And this was, you know, episode 202. I was still a tractor trailer driver grinding on the podcast thing. I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't serious about me doing it. And I certainly wasn't in a position to do it. But uh, when I asked him, he said, no, it's not open to the public. And I was like, okay. And then uh, as soon as we were done recording, he's like, dude, you're totally coming. And I was like, oh, sweet. <laughs> And so he just didn't want everybody emailing him saying, Oh, I want to come. I want to come because he wants to vet people and things like that. And so, um, you know, I kept it in the back of my mind and then, uh, we, we stumbled into this filmmaking stuff and, you know, it just so happens that the topic of Skinwalker Ranch is a pretty hot topic right now because of the TV show. And I was like, well, I guess this is a, a no brainer. We should probably go out there. And so that's what we did. We went out there and the, the guys, they, um, they showed up a day early. And even the week before we got out there, Ryan calls me and he's like, Hey, I just want to let you know, we have a 40 foot container on our property. Like one of those containers that are like in the shipping yard on, on, you know, at, on the docks at where the ships bring them in and they like, use a crane to lift them off. And then you see them driving down the, the highway somewhere. Yeah. Uh, big connexes. Yeah, like it, this heavy, thick metal, you know, I, I, former truck driver, those box trailers that you see typically everywhere, those are very thin metal, very thin. You could easily punch a hole in it. Like these containers are very heavy, thick metal. I mean, they're traveling across the ocean kind of thing. And um, I say it like that because um, he tells me it was lifted up and moved on the property. And I'm like, like like lift it up. <laughs> you know, I, I, didn't know. I didn't know. I was like, what? The, I, don't, I don't know what you mean. And he basically kind of tried, tried to describe it to me, but I didn't really get a good clear picture as to what he meant till I got there and talked to uh, his property uh, security. And the guy said, when we were talking to him that, you know, first of all, when, when you get there and you can see it in the trailer for the film, uh, the trailer is on our YouTube channel right now, the confessionals. Um, and, uh, and it's on the film, obviously, but it, it, this, this 40 foot container was sitting, uh, parallel with a shed and somehow, some way, somewhere, I, 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 we don't know how, even if it's a who lifted it up, slid it down, I would say maybe 10 feet and then rotated it at 90 degrees and, and then plopped it down. 
And uh, you can actually see we got drone footage of it and you can actually see where it used to be sitting versus where it is now. And um, it didn't get lifted up very high because there was about two or three rocks that maybe sat about four inches off the ground that it was sitting on top of. And those rocks were scraped. So it, it, it wasn't like very high off the ground and it didn't move with incredible force because those rocks weren't disturbed, like rolled or anything. They were still in like fastened into the spot they were sitting in the whole time, but the tops were scraped. So when this thing was lifted and moved, it must've been lifted and moved slowly and not very high. And uh, this happened like a week before we got out there. And so Joseph gets out there a day before we got there and he's making phone calls to local heavy machinery operators and companies that rent out machinery and he's asking, did anybody rent this machinery uh, for this address to come out here? Blah, 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 blah. And they said, no, we haven't rented anything out for that, that, that would be capable of doing that. And uh, there's also this, this aspect of um, the, the property manager that lives on site. His house is right next to the entrance to the property. I mean, you cannot go anywhere on the property without driving by his house or walking by. It's right there. And um, the gate to get into the property, there's only one gate, and uh, it, it's just a, a normal size opening. I mean, um, it, it, it's, it, it's just wide enough to fit a tractor trailer and kind of thing. It, it's very, very tight for a tractor trailer. Again. So if you're hauling heavy machinery, you're going to have a tractor trailer for this with a flatbed trailer. And when you're getting up to this place, in order to get the machinery back there, you're either going to unload it on the street and then drive a crane like 300 yards, 400 yards down the property to where this container is and move it. You're going to hear it. You're going to have track marks, all that stuff. There's none of that. Yeah. And yeah. furthermore, the property manager said he never heard anybody come on the property and he, he's, he's there all the time. That's what he, like he lives there. He works there. It's all him. And so like as a former truck driver, I know that if I was going to try getting a truck back there and not unload from the street, I'm not going to pull in because that's a, that, like I'm, that's a recipe to tear out the fence. You're not going to pull in at all. And the only way you could feasibly do it and be tight is to back in and to do this back in, you're not going to do it in one shot at all. You're going to be, you're going to, back in a little bit and you're going to have to pull forward, readjust back in a little bit, pull forward, readjust till you get it straight enough to be able to get to basically wiggle it in through the gate. And you're going to hear the air brakes going, the, the everything beeping. And some trucks even have the backup beeps now on these tractor trailers. I mean, it's just, it's, it's literally inconceivable that you could get a tractor trailer back there without him hearing. And so that's the first thing that happened before we even got out there. Yeah. Once we get out there, Jason, or uh, no, you're Jason. I'm talking about Joseph. Uh, jo Joseph, Joseph um, he, he and Christian get there and they set up some things. They spend a night there before we get out there. We, and we, we made the mistake. We drove to Utah. So uh, every film we come out with, we have a soundtrack with it as, as well. And one of the songs in the soundtrack is uh, 30, 30 hours to Utah because it took forever. Uh, but uh, we're, we're on the way driving and those guys are there. And, um, the Joseph sets up a tripod with binoculars on shooting over a valley across over to the Mesa. And this is broad daylight. Christian decides to take his cell phone and his iPhone and, and just film through the binoculars. 
just as he puts his camera up to the binoculars, something white shoots across the valley and he catches it on video, which is, you know, lucky us. So it shoots across the, 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 the valley and Christian catches it on video. And Joseph said that he actually saw with his naked eye, the, the, this white object shoots straight down and then it shot straight across where we caught it on film and then it shot straight up. So we caught the part where it was shooting across the frame. I wish we would have had it shooting up. That would have been amazing. But we actually do have footage of a UFO shooting straight up from ground to sky. Oh, I can't say it was on ground, but it's definitely shooting from, from ground level to sky. And I don't know if it's the same thing that we caught on that daytime footage or what. And most people don't know it exists in the film. Because it depends on what screen you're looking at is if you can even see it. And I found this out because Ward, my cameraman, has an Android. And we all know Androids are not the greatest. Hey, uh, hey, <laughs> hey. I'm just saying, Jason. Um, but, I, but he has an Android. And he sent uh, some footage over. And I was looking at it on my iPhone. And I see this light going from ground to sky with the night, with the night vision. And I, I pointed it out to him and he's like, I don't see it. I'm like, you don't see it. And I re- that's when I realized that not all the screens can see it, you know, and even depending on what computer screen I'm looking at it on as to if I can even see it, you know? And so it's interesting how that, that, that whole plays out. I don't really know enough to, to know how all that works other than I can see it on some screens and I can on others, but if it's in the trailer of the film, if people were to go to the, the, the confessionals YouTube channel, they can, uh, watch the trailer and if you're on an iPhone when it switches to the night vision and you you see what you see is just like trees and stuff at night vision before it cuts to me saying here they come again uh in that brief scene on the on the more left side of the screen you'll see like just look at the, like the top of the bush line you will see a light going from ground level and up it shoots up fast it happens really fast but if you if you just watch for it you'll eventually see it if not thanks for the views um so (laughs) (laughs) i'm saying i'm on goose chases um but uh no i'm I'm not lying though it's there uh so yeah i mean we, we got that on footage and then we arrived uh and it just uh it it was just a very interesting it was an interesting week and uh, we caught just some wild stuff on footage and I, I, I don't want to jump the gun, Jason. Uh, I'll let you kind of take it and let me know if you, if you have any questions or something, because I could just keep going with all the crap <laughs> that we experienced that week is I, I went out there. I like I always, I go out expecting not a whole lot. And then when I left Utah, I was like, well, that happened. <laughs> I yeah, was just like, yeah. wow. So well, um, I'm going to turn it over to Ty, because Ty is very interesting, because we were talking before he got on, and Ty is not familiar at all with anything in the Uinta Basin, Skinwalker Ranch. He doesn't know anything about anything. So your film was the first time he has been, um, he has experienced anything in that area. And I know he has some he has some good questions, so I'm going to turn it over to Ty. So first off, I want to say <clears throat> spectacular. I mean, the 
the, what are they, what do they call it? I'm trying to think of a fancy word so I can sound cool in front of Tony and I can't think of it. Um, the, the filmography or what, what do they call uh, that? A cinematography. Cinematography is very good. It had a very good feel, um, similar to things that I've seen before, um, on like, like discover or something. So it was formatted very well, uh, very palatable to someone who is not very familiar with this type of content. Um, so really, really good job on that. Um, the first thing that I want to say is, especially about the UFO and where this takes place, it gives me um, vibes of that Jordan Peele movie. What, what's that? What's that movie called? We've talked about it before on the yeah. podcast station. What's um, that? What's it called? It's with uh, the UFO. Gosh, I cannot think of it now, dude. Because you said it, I can't think of it. Um, it's the one about the bi- the biological UFO. Um, it's not. Uh, oh nope. 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 Yeah. Yes. Anyways, yeah, so it gave me nope vibes. So, like, me personally, I would have instantly been like, okay, well, we're going to get eaten now um, as soon as I would have seen something like that. Um, but, yeah, dude, I, I think the, the film is, is really awesome, and I do have a, a, a few questions at least um, because you re- in the film, um, some of the people that you're with uh, refer to uh, skinwalkers. Some people refer to, like, shapeshifters. Is there a difference? You know, uh, I don't think so. It's at least within our frame of reference, we were caught in the middle of trying to say shape shifter instead of skinwalker because we were worried that. So here's the thing: um, the owner of Skinwalker Ranch, uh, we don't know, and we know that he's a very powerful person out there. He's very wealthy, uh, very business savvy, very. He's very like he, lots of lawyers, right? And we sure. had found out that he at least had tried uh, copywriting the 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 name Skinwalker, not Skinwalker. Like I can understand stand Skinwalker Ranch that's your property, but the the actual word Skinwalker. And though we don't think that he could have had grounds to sue mm-hmm. us, we were try we were very nervous about saying Skinwalker on film, and then him like oh time to pay up and it's like i don't got no money bro you're a billionaire like why just leave me alone you know Uh, but um it kind of got it just didn't work because not everybody got the memo and it's like what what are you gonna do i mean somebody says skinwalker on the film and i overdubbed like shapeshifter you know and then (laughs) it's like wait was that really was that really johnny the native american or is that you know so uh, it kind of got blown out of the water, but um, yeah, I mean, when when it comes to skinwalkers, uh, they're shapeshifters. They're they're uh, interdimensional uh, beings that are human beings that do black magic to be able to shapeshift their bodies into other entities and um, traverse realms. Uh, I, I strongly believe that that's part of the equation, um, but it, it all derives from really dark magic and. Part of the process of becoming a skinwalker is, I believe, you have to basically kill, sacrifice uh, somebody very close to you. Not just like, oh, my neighbor that I can't stand and his dog keeps crapping on my lawn. We'll lose him. Like, it's more like, you know, uh, my mom, you know, my grandmother, maybe even a child. Um, Like, these people have to be willing to really give up everything for it. And it kind of makes sense, you know? I mean, if if you're going to possess some dark, magic uh you have to be willing to go to the darkest corners of existence to get it and so 
I don't think that that area is just crawling with skinwalkers. I think there's probably a handful and that's all you need for chaos to ensue. Uh, I didn't realize when I went out there that skinwalkers could shapeshift into anything, you know, whatever animal they wanted to essentially, or at least they were, they have the ability to, to at least with multiple animals. Um, you know, I was under the assumption that, you know, skinwalker would shapeshift into like a werewolf or a dogman type creature or, um, like, um, maybe a bird or something like that. But I'd like, it just, and I, I don't even think I was thinking bird. I was thinking more like a, a like a Wendigo type of, you know, creature. But uh, when I went out there and I think it was Johnny who confirmed, it was just like, no, they can change into pretty much anything. Might've been Bo, uh, whatever they need to change into at that moment. I was like, dang, like that would have me on edge every day of my life. Every time I woke up, I'm like, wait a second, who's the skinwalker? You know, like, right. uh, it's just one of those things and they take it very serious out there. They really do. And it's part of their culture. And that's one of the things that like, we, we, I don't know if we did the best job, but we tried, uh, we wanted to kind of show the native perspective on this because the natives, they're not strangers to this. Like it, it, the, the Sherman ranch, uh, was bought by the Sherman family back in, I think 96. And, um, when they bought the ranch, they had all this bizarre, wild things happening on the ranch. UFOs, skinwalkers. And when I say skinwalkers, I'm like, UFO, let's put it this way. They have UFOs. They have like upright walking dog entities that are probably skinwalkers. Um, portals opening up, Bigfoot. Like all, everything you could possibly think of is happening on this ranch. They have cattle mutilations. And they, uh, they spend like, I think two or three years and they sell the property off. And that's when it started getting researched and they started calling it Skinwalker Ranch. But the natives, they were the ones that owned that property uh, before the Shermans. And we were we found out when we went out there that they, the Shermans never were supposed to own that property to begin with. It wasn't like selling off the reservation land to white people was not part of the equation. Like you're not supposed to do that. Uh, it's supposed to be kept in-house. And so... Here you have two people who are not familiar with the area. They're not familiar with the culture. They're not familiar with the, all the lore that goes on out there. And now they're experiencing it and they're talking about it and it blows up. And then all of a sudden everybody's talking about Skinwalker Ranch and the natives out there, they're like, uh, yeah, that's been happening for a long time. And it's not just that ranch guys, you know? And so we kind of wanted to take that perspective and, and amplify it, which is why Ryan bought the property to begin with. Cause he knew that's not just Skinwalker Ranch. Right. And, and so um, that was the whole point of us going out there and doing that. We wanted to, you know, try to show that. And uh, in, in some cases, I think we did do that because all the evidence that we got came off property of Skinwalker Ranch. And uh, I'm not saying Skinwalker Ranch isn't legit. It absolutely is. It's just, it gets all the attention, which I understand why, but uh, there is a whole other narrative out there, which is, the natives in that area, they deal with this stuff all the time. This is nothing new to them. And even though they aren't welcome essentially on Skinwalker Ranch because it's private property now, they still are dealing with this stuff because this stuff happens everywhere out there. So did I answer your question? What a Skinwalker is? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And I think too, like telling it from that perspective, 
I think culture is very important when you start to talk about stuff like this because every culture, like European culture and Catholic culture, there's like demons and and when you talk about um, Native American cultures, like shapeshifters and and things like that, is like uh, very common um, in their culture. So I think adding that perspective um, in the film is is really important and kind of sheds light on, hey, look, this is something that's unique to like obviously. Skinwalkers can be anywhere, but that's something that's pretty unique to like the Native American culture. Like, I I don't know how like what the origin of a of a of a skinwalker or a shapeshifter would be, um, but for sure you you would you see um, notes that hint back to not just dogmen, right? Because we we've talked about that on the podcast before. But you're you're talking about like jaguar human hybrids from like the Aztecs and and things like that, right? So like I think when you when you when you really focus in here um, <clears throat> and you start talking about this, it's it's really important to get the cultural perspective of the locals and the people that live there. So I think you guys did a really good job um, um, doing that. And then another thing that I noticed, um, one thing that you kind of uh, hit on is they can turn into anything they want, and from the footprints. Um, cause you, when you guys started like just exploring the property, you guys ended up finding, um, some tracks, um, some looked humanoid, some look like hooves. Um, that kind of got me thinking like, can skinwalkers just be a hybrid animal, right? Something to like, like you were talking about some humanoid animals, but like, can they be a hybrid animal? Like, um, I don't know, like a griffin or something, right? Like, I don't know if that is, is part of the 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 lore of what a shapeshifter or skinwalker is or does but um it definitely seemed like that's the the path or that's kind of what had happened at least in the area that you were in yeah no i i i mean i think skinwalkers essentially are hybrids they're just they're just monsters that are hybrids like they're like yeah i'll be a hybrid today i'll be whatever you want me to be uh like so that that whole scene I, um, I, I, at first I was, I mean, I, I tried rationalizing it and, um, you know, I was like, okay, so this is, all right. So this is the thing that really kind of made me kind of, I don't know how to explain it. So we have a situation where we have human footprints and then we have horse footprints and my explanation, my trying to be logical about it, and I, I don't even think I said this on film, which is, you know, a shame. But um, I was thinking, okay, so why couldn't it have been somebody that was standing there with their horse and then all of a sudden they hopped up on their horse and that's why we don't have any human tracks? The only problem with that is we didn't have horse tracks where the human tracks were. It wasn't like we had a horse tracks and human tracks and then the human tracks were gone. That's explainable. Right, but right. there it was just human to horse and there was also canine in there as well and it, and it wasn't a lot of canine it was like one or two prints and i was like I, it was like i was trying to make up his mind what i wanted to do i don't know <laughs> i have no idea uh but it, it, it that was just the thing that was just like i don't i don't know how else to explain this we're we're trying to uh uncover the skinwalker mystery I and mean, here we have these tracks that seeming it, it seems like it's just one entity, different types of tracks. And, uh, and I'll tell you also, while we were out there, we were all over the property and there were several times that we're walking around on a path 
and there's horse manure on the path. And we're like, did you all see a horse? No, this is private property, right? Yeah. Well, how'd this get here? And that happened a lot, like at least two or three times where we were walking somewhere. We went through an area coming back and there's this big turd, you know, sitting there. And I'm like, can shapeshifters poop in horse? I don't, you know, like I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to think like how all this, how does this work? You know, but, um, I, I, the one, the one spot that was just like obvious to me was next to this big tree. Cause we want, we went through there and it was like, we wouldn't have missed it because you're, you're like, Oh, don't step in the poop guys. As you go around this tree. And, uh, it was sitting right on the path as we were trying to go back through up to our base camp. And, uh, and it's just, and it wasn't very far away from the ritual circle either. And that was crazy too. So, yeah, I don't know. It was, uh, the, the, these, these footprints were, were something else. And I really like how, uh, Ward edited the scene together with the two different natives coming in and sharing the perspective. He's flipped back and forth and, uh, those scenes each individual person was there. We were probably there for an hour for each with each person as they analyze things. And obviously you're not going to show an hour for each person. You're so you're trying to really clip the important pieces together. And then the way he switched it back and forth and you were able to kind of walk through the, um, the, the revealing process to each one, but at the same time, and you get to see their responses at back to back. And they're both like, whoa you know like like Bo he was even you even heard him say he's like whoa and then like Johnny Johnny was very physically visibly uneasy while we were there uh and and then it it didn't get much better for Johnny when we found the ritual circle so uh yeah I mean these guys take it really serious and uh when things got weird I could tell Johnny was ready to, he was like, okay, time to go home now. Good luck, fellas. You know, you're sleeping in a tent on the property. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. See ya. Yeah. I'm going back to my house. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Hey, real quick before we get to the ritual circle, cause I wanted to touch base on that next. Um, I was watching, um, a show last night actually. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm not going to plug the show or anything. So don't worry about that. Um, they were talking something that I had never heard of, and um, it's it's so weird. They said in the Uinta Basin to not pick up hitchhikers, and mm. they said if you do pick up a hitchhiker, look at their feet because it, a skinwalker would have hooved feet. Mm. And um, actually, they came across a person walking down the road, and it was in the middle of the night. It was in the winter, and their legs looked furry. It, it was really, really strange. Was that on the Skinwalker Ranch show? No, it wasn't. It was a. Um, oh. It was another show. I, I mean, I can say the name if you want. I don't care. I, I mean, I'm curious. It's okay. your show. But... Yeah, it's a uh, Expedition X. It, it's a Josh Gates oh, yeah. show. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, Ryan actually was on there too. On that episode, yeah. Man, Ryan's got to hook me up with Josh Gates. What's wrong with that dude? I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna have to give him a call after I'm done talking to you guys and kind of lay into him. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, that, that, that's really interesting. And that actually, I mean, I'm glad you said that because I was thinking to myself like that, that sounds like what Ryan went through, you know, like he, he, the whole hitchhiker thing. Uh, and speaking of hitchhiker that it's, it's also something that people talk about, which is the hitchhiker effect. And when you leave that area, 
you, you have a hitchhiker, you know, and things happen when you get home. Uh, fortunately for me, nothing happened on that trip. The first trip, something happened, uh, but not that trip, not the Utah trip. And so I think the only thing I can say is that maybe like Jesus liked me more on the Utah trip versus the <laughs> trip. And you got to feed your you got to feed your pigs and like one's like hey Tony yeah, <laughs> yeah that, if that happened that that pig dies immediately <laughs> it's gone you know and it's just uh we'll be processing it but no um man you got me thinking about pigs now I, I while while we were just recording here I could hear them outside my window because I I moved them like a month ago. And they come up right up to this window of my downstairs office and they, they scream because they know I'm in this room. And so they, they scream because they want me to go feed them. They're always hungry pigs. But, uh, anyways, what were we talking about? Skinwalker ranch, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that sounds gotta, really creepy by the way. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I'm telling you like, um, <laughs> but, uh, no, I got like severe ADHD. So, uh, just keep me on track. Um, I have no idea what I was talking about, though. So carry on. Before we get to Ritual Circle, yeah. before we get there, I did want to talk about um, Space Wolf Research Center for just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't know how much detail you can go into about the property, um, but like, how big is the property? Like, is there, did he give you any details about like when he bought the property, when he started noticing things? Like, Obviously, like in the film, you mentioned after his um, encounter with the with the skinwalker, um, he ended up purchasing property out there. But you guys didn't really get into like how big the property was and and what all was entailed with that. Yeah, so I think the property was ten acres, and after we left, he added another ten to it. Uh, so like he said, when I come back out, there will be more property to roam around on, which is awesome. Um, but when he bought the property. I don't think he really had any proof of anything other than, Hey, this property borders Skinwalker ranch. Yep. I think I'm going to buy this and, uh, and just working off assumption, which his assumption was correct. Uh, that property has tons of activity on it. They've, they have a, a portal, uh, on video. And, um, I can't remember if we actually put that in the film or not, uh, because we, we did put some of his footage in the film. Um, it might have been in the film. I don't remember though, but he has a portal that opened up on the property. They got that on their CCTV. Uh, they also got on their CCTV a lightning bolt on broad, like nice sunny day, <laughs> no clouds in the sky kind of thing. A lightning bolt comes and strikes this one trailer, lights it on fire, basically disin- disintegrates it. Um, and the lightning bolt was about 12 inches or not 12 inches. Uh, was it 12 inches? Yeah, I think it was like 12 or 14 inches wide or something like that, they estimate but it disintegrated the trailer and the trailer was sitting in the exact same spot that that container was that moved that I was talking about earlier. Um, the, the thing that, that Ryan does with his property, and I think he might be coming around to the idea of changing his philosophy on it because I think his understandings of things are changing. But um, as of right now, his rule is no guns. You're not allowed to have guns on the property. He doesn't want you shooting at anything. Um, his goal when he started the property, when he got the property was to create it, to be a safe haven for the paranormal so that it, if they're getting chased off other properties, they would be able to reside on his property without any issue. And I'm like, you're crazy, bro. You are crazy, but, uh, I like him and I like crazy. So, uh, he, he has this rule, but the rule wasn't always there. 
he had a former property manager. And I think the property manager had somebody over at the house one night. And uh, I, I forget how the whole story unfolds, but uh, essentially they hear something outside. They go out of the house and there, I think he said there was three upright standing dog men and they climbed over the fence of the property or maybe stepped over the fence and they unloaded on him and it did nothing to him. And uh, I, I forget how that story ends, unfortunately, <laughs> but he didn't lose the property manager that night. So he, he did survive, but the, I think the guy like was like, I'm out of here, not coming back kind of thing. And yeah, after that, yeah. for whatever reason, he was like, I think it's a good idea to not have guns. I'm like, wait, bro, that's like the opposite of what I would think. I would like, okay, guys, bring out the 50 cows, you know, but uh, he was more like, uh, well, let's uh, make this a safe haven. So, uh, but that's a little bit about the, the property, I'd say. I mean, it's not, you know, a uh, hundred acres. Uh, but it's more like now I think of it around 20 acres and, um, it, it's, it's right there. I mean, there's, I never really watched the the TV show Skinwalker Ranch, uh, but it, it is on Netflix. And I think it's like season five that I saw on Netflix and I started watching it and the area that they were investigating, like the triangle area on, on the, uh, on the show um, that triangle area is not far from his property at all. Like I was like, I was looking at the triangle area and I got on the Google maps. And I'm like, all right, so that's Ryan's property. Holy crap. It's right there. And I was like, man, so it kind of, it, it just kind of brings for me, it brought it in perspective, how close we were to prime activity that they're documenting on, on Skinwalker ranch. And, uh, it, it's just, it, it's wild. It's absolutely wild. I, I, I think, um, I think it's one of the most bizarre properties on earth because it's so well documented. I think there's other areas that have bizarre things like this, but this is such a highly documented thing. I mean, our own government's been researching it for years and, uh, and that's wild in itself to think that, you know, our government is, it has been involved in researching this. And uh, I've heard about that. I heard about that before they started doing their whole UFO disclosure stuff. They've been heavily invested in this stuff for a very long time. And it makes you wonder why. It really makes you wonder why, what, what their end game is. Because uh, I, I don't really have a whole lot of trust in, in our government to begin with. So when they're messing around with things that I view as esoteric or uh, paranormal or beyond normal, I'm just like, what is your end game? You know, <laughs> why are you interested in this? You know, like, uh, just, yeah, I'm not gonna go down the rabbit hole of the conspiracy right now, but it, it just, it makes me wonder. I scratch my head sometimes and just think to myself, what a wonderful world. <laughs> I could, I could see wanting to be the, I could understand the point of view of like, Hey, let's make it a safe haven. Because I mean, if you think like sanctuary, the person who created sanctuary is probably the safest person, right? Like, like if something was to happen and the skinwalkers were to come after people, I could see a scenario where they like run up on him and they look at him and they're like, nah, this is, this is our boy right here. We don't, <laughs> we don't mess with him. Right. He, 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 he's awesome. And then they kind of move on. Right. So I think he, it's more for his benefit than anybody else. He's, he's the last one to die. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I can, I can totally understand that, that thought process. Um, I don't know. I, I'm more of a, a cowboy on the whole thing, you know, like, I'm just like, if it's physical, it dies, you know, <laughs> like yeah. this is, um, 
And I don't even know if bullets can kill these things, to be honest with you. I really don't. I, I question whether bullets can kill dogmen. Um, I've heard that Bigfoot's, uh, if you shoot a Bigfoot in the chest, it ain't doing nothing because their rib cage is so thick. It's like its own personal um, Teflon vest. And so, uh, you know, uh, I, my, my running philosophy is right now aim for the neck or head. Um, because I, I was told recently by uh, somebody, I don't want to give away my, my source, uh, but somebody told me that a, a story that they were told of, um, how do I say this? Okay, so he told me that he knows, he believes he knows where the body of a Bigfoot is buried. And the legend is that this, uh, I guess about 60 plus years ago, there was this farmer and he had, you know, a farmer family, which means you have a lot of kids. And uh, one of his kids went missing one day and uh, never came back. And then not long after that, something tried taking their daughter. And uh, they got their daughter back. They packed up immediately and left the property and never came back. And then a year later, the farmer brought a bunch of other people with guns to the property to find that the, their, and I, this is going to get weird. All right. But you know, it is what it is. Not my show. So I don't care. Um, <laughs> the, the, they came back to the property to find the front of the house basically torn off. And this beast comes walking out of the house. Like it, it basically moved in and um, it was a Bigfoot and they started shooting at it and it ran off. They took chase. And the story goes that, a shot to the neck took this thing down. It bled out. Uh, they couldn't, the, any other shot wasn't hitting it or wasn't doing anything, but the neck shot killed it. And so what they did is they, they dug a grave, they buried it and they marked the grave with uh, one or two headstones. And then they put, they planted a sapling, two, two sapling trees. And as the trees grew, they twisted the trees together to mark where this body was. And this guy hears a story in the general area and he goes out looking and he finds two trees that are twisted together and some kind of headstone right at the base of the trees. And uh, he sends me pictures of it. And I'm just like, oh, shoot, you know? And so he's like, you want to dig up a Bigfoot? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> but um, the problem is I still don't quite, I still don't quite trust the source in the sense that like his source and what he's thinking you know, where, where, where he got the source. I, I just don't know. Like, could this, I mean, it matches what he says, right? But the problem is, what if the story got skewed over the years and it's actually like the farmer and his wife actually shot him because he was cheating on her with like the pastor's wife or something. I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, what if there's like a, there's this other story that actually happened and it just somehow turned into Bigfoot and now we're actually digging up a human body. I, I really don't want to dig up a human body. You know, I have to report that and maybe I get in trouble. Um, and even if I dig up a, a, a Bigfoot, Bigfoot bones, if they're even still there, I don't even know if Bigfoot bones would still be there after this amount of time. Probably. I don't know. Um, but how do I prove it's Bigfoot? You know, like, I guess maybe by the sheer size. I can tell you one thing. If I, if I dig something up and it's gigantic, 
uh, I'm laying down next to it before I send it, <laughs> before I call police or anything else. I'm like, guys, take pictures, take pictures right now. I'm six feet tall. Take pictures. <laughs> you know, like this thing is twice my size. The, um, the FBI agent that's outside of your house in his van right now would be at your door for sure. <laughs> I know. I know. He's listening right now. He's like, well, Tony, if that happened, <laughs> uh, gosh, man, that would suck. I hope no, I hope I'm not being tailed at least not yet. I still got plans. Um, but anyways, uh, <laughs> Again, ADHD, I don't know how I got on that topic. Oh, killing. Yeah. So I, I think that these um I think these creatures, my running for my running idea is to aim for the neck, aim for the head, but I will aim and I will pull the trigger. I am I am of that vein. Some people are like anti-kill. They're like, oh no, don't kill your forest friends. Like, nope, not my friend. Uh don't like them. And I think uh listen, I'm not like trying to say I'm gonna go cowboy and just kill them all kind of thing, but at least like to prove their existence got to kill you got to kill one right well yeah yes you have to yes man i've been i'm i'm the skeptic on on the channel right so like i'm i'm always one for hey let's get some proof and if we can kill one to prove it i'm down yeah yeah and i, I mean like I, I i don't i don't cry over bigfoot you know like some people are like you know that's my friend i'm like no it's not <laughs> no it's not you know yeah. I, I i don't really I don't like these creatures like that. I like the topic of them. I like talking about them. I like uh, thinking about the possibilities of them. I like hunting for them and looking for them, but I don't like them as a, like they're my forest friend. Um, and I, and, and it's, and I'm not even saying like, Oh, I don't like, I'm not like that because you know, those people, they're woo woo. I'm freaking woo woo. Like anybody listens to what I talk about, like, I'm talking about some interdimensional bull crap, you know, like I'm out there talking like, yeah, Bigfoot probably comes through portals. What? Yep. Probably. And, uh, you know, so like I'm kind of, I kind of go out there with the, with the theories, but the one thing is I I don't think these are my friends. You know, I I don't want to hold hands with them. I don't want to exchange things with them. I I don't want to, um, nothing like that. Yeah. It's just not my, it's not my belief system in this stuff. So me either. Nope. Yeah. Well, clearly you. I mean, you don't even believe they exist. So whatever. Uh, I, I've been I've been kind of leaning more towards like there's there's been some stuff on the pod that that is less explainable than others. Bigfoot is well, and it depends on who you talk to, right? Like I feel like that's a big that's a big thing when you're getting introduced to a new topic. If you talk to someone who's like ah. Well, the Bigfoot can, you know, they're all telepathic and there's hundreds of them or there's a whole society and like, and then there's some people who think there's like one or like, so I, I guess it really depends on how you get introduced to the topic. Yeah. Um, and my introduction was a little rocky. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, when I started looking into this stuff, I thought one way and now like if I could go back in time and talk to Tony of 10 years ago. I think uh, Tony of 10 years ago would look at me and say, what happened to you, bro? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like what? Like, seriously? Like you turned into one of those losers. <laughs> like, like what the heck? Like, bro, it's just a monkey in the woods. We can't keep up with. I'm like, son, you got a lot to learn. You know, like, you know? it's just, um, I started out just thinking, cause I, I mean, I really went, so I was always interested in the topic when I was a kid, you know, just interested, you know, like you, you daydream about it kind of thing. Not like I wasn't like a little Indiana Jones or anything. Um, but you know, as I got older, you just kind of forget about that stuff. You do your own thing, teenage years. And then, um, 
I got married young. I was 21 when I got married. And by the time I was in my mid twenties, I was like, is this all life has for me? You know, it's like, I'm driving truck and I'm married and I'm, I'm poor and can f- barely afford my $500 rent a month. You know, <laughs> like, I'm like, this sucks. I needed a distraction. So I, um, uh, I just, I stumbled into the Bigfoot stuff again, I think through uh, monster quest and finding Bigfoot shows. And, uh, I started, you know, looking into it and I just, I really thought, man, like I, I was like, you know, I'm going to start looking into this. I'm going to figure this out. It ain't that hard. It can't be that hard. And, uh, I, I started looking around online and I started finding out when I used to live in Pennsylvania, I was like, wait, there's Bigfoot sightings around here. Come on. Really? And I started looking into that and I was like, all right, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to find this thing. And I'm going to, I'm going to do this in about six months, like maybe a year, but I'm going to find it. Like, it's not that hard. It can't be that hard. And, um, well, I never saw one yet, <laughs> and, and uh, I have serious doubts I ever will. And everybody's that everybody's when I say that they're like, "Oh, don't say that! Don't say that! You'll see one." I'm like, I don't know if I ever will. I don't know if I ever will. Like, I, I really don't feel like it's in my cards. I, I don't know if that's that that's what the plan is for my my life. I don't know, but uh, I'll I'll continue to try. Uh, but I will say the the topic went from me thinking this is a physical creature that for whatever reason, these guys who research the topics are just not as smart as this truck driver. (laughs) And I'm going to figure it out, uh, to realizing that there's a lot more to the topic. And, um, that was all confirmed when I think I had like a dog man in my house, like never saw it, but what happened that night was wild. And, um, that confirmed to me that these things are interdimensional. Uh, not to mention the video of, I don't know if you guys ever talked on this, this show about the video out of Florida, but there's a video out of Florida that this guy was on. He was, so this guy saw something in his backyard that scared him. And he posted about it on his Facebook page and people were commenting about it. And so this guy, like he was a little, uh, over the top flamboyant and you know, just hype. Uh, and he goes live and he's like, you know, just on another level with energy. Like he's just like over the top. Like this guy was like, he was freaking out and he's talking to the people on his live about what he just saw, what he just posted about. And they're responding to what he posted about and what he's talking about in the video. And so he goes outside and he flit, and it's probably within the first three to four minutes of the video. The video is like 30 minutes long because, well, I'll get to that part, but um, he walks outside and he's showing people where he saw this upright walking dog in Florida. And he says, you know, it was right over here at the edge of the trees and there's like this light post. There was like a telephone pole with a light on it. And um, he's pointing over there and he's like, it was right over here, this, that, and the other. And then all of a sudden, you see this thing run right underneath the light. It was absolutely huge. I would estimate just by the fact that it looks like a telephone pole with a light on top and how tall it was, it was probably about at least 12 feet tall. It was absolutely huge. It ran incredibly fast and it was translucent. You could see parts of it, but other parts of it you could actually see through. And to me, I'm just like that kind of sealed the book that these creatures, if at least some of them are not just physical beings. Yeah. And 
So when people say they 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 can't, had a Bigfoot encounter and it became translucent, I'm like, yep, that's probably accurate. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I saw that video um, back when it first was posted, and it it's freaky. It, it is one of the I think one of the best videos out of evidence that's out there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think so too. I I always reference it because. It, it for me, it was a, a very much a pivotal moment in my thinking, and uh, that was before my experience at my house, which was the um, a, after we shot Expedition Dogman, we came home and we were getting it all together. And the week of the premiere, where we did the live, um, everything was Expedition Dogman. We talked about it everywhere, everything like we had meetings. Lindsay and I were talking about it, just planning everything out, and. I remember it was the one night, it was like 11 o'clock at night, and we were downstairs in my studio. This was in the Pennsylvania house, and we came upstairs into the kitchen. Uh, Lindsay was grabbing a bite to eat real quick before we went to bed, and um, we don't eat so late anymore because we're getting old. But uh, <laughs> um, we were staying in the kitchen. We have a cat. That's the only pet we have. She's declawed, and she was sitting right in front of me on the floor, right, like right at my feet not walking around and um i'm talking to Lindsay, and all of a sudden now my entire downstairs living room kitchen dining room uh the family room book room that we had everything downstairs was hardwood floor we had carpet on the stairs and all upstairs so the only hardwood floor we had was downstairs and the entire downstairs was hardwood floor and i'm talking to her and all of a sudden i hear something bipedal with long nails clacking on the floor as it walked slowly on the wood. And my eyes got real big. I looked at my wife, my jaw drops. And I'm like, did you hear that? And she looked at me and she's like, I felt that. Because she and I both heard and felt the vibration on the floor of something very large walking on our floor and the nails clacking on the floor and it was bipedal and um that's when i was just like yeah there's something to this topic like there's really something to it um and so like when i said the hitchhiker effect before that was what i was referencing um i don't know if i took something home with me i don't think i did i think i actually just gave the topic attention and opened up some kind of window for it to peer through at me um but i wasn't scared uh and that's not like a tough guy thing. I just believe that I, I have spiritual superiority over these things. Um, and there's a lot of power in the name of Jesus Christ. And so I really don't worry a whole lot about this stuff. Um, and so that's, we just handled business, went to bed. That's what we did. And uh, that's it only ever happened one time, but it was, it was a learning experience, you know, like it, it, it's those little things for me that, take me from having an idea of what I think about. And then it's like, okay, I'm moving in from, I think this is how things work to, I'm pretty sure this is it. You know, cause like yeah. when, when you have your own experience, it's like, okay, yep. Now that's just confirming the suspicions. And uh, so, yeah, when I'm talking about this stuff, I, I really think a lot of, of it is interdimensional. I don't think all of it is. Um, I'm very conspiratorial. Um, there are things that we do know. Uh, do you guys get into conspiracy at all? Like, am I okay to do that? Oh yeah, dude. Go ahead. Yeah. 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 All right, cool. I just didn't want to like 
if I said something, you're we, like, oh crap. We do. We go everywhere. So. <laughs> okay. Cool. So, um, so the the Clinton emails uh, that we we uncovered was it 2015, 2016. She had the whole email dump and she tried deleting the emails. Well, we have uh, a good number of emails, uh, but we don't have, it was from WikiLeaks, but we don't have the actual emails. What we have is subject lines. So you can, it was like, you know how like if you go in your email and you have your inbox, it was like somebody had a screenshot of that. So we saw the subject lines, but we didn't, we don't see the context and the, the information within. But one of the emails underneath the name, I forget the name actually, but it, there's a name that pops up so many times in these 30,000 emails that uh, it is believed that it's actually Hillary working underneath an alias. And this email sent underneath that name uh, said that it was requesting, I have it on my phone actually, let me pull it up here because I was just looking at it the other day and I was like, oh, I actually have that. Um, uh, Ty, do you have a, an iPhone? Uh, no, nah, man, I'm an Android kid. <laughs> oh, you are too, huh? Okay. Uh, because, because, uh, well, you guys probably do this on the Androids. Um, you can like save a website as like an app on your home screen for, for later reference. Yeah. And that's what I did. And I stumbled across it the other day and I was like, oh shoot. So, uh, yeah. So this, um, th this email, the heading, it, it was sent, uh, in 2019, it looks like, I guess. Uh, but uh, the heading says, requesting documents pertaining to the resurrection chamber of Gilgamesh, the location of his body and the location of the buried Nephilim. Now, why, why is that in Hillary's emails? You know, like, and what are they doing with that? And so when I'm talking about these creatures and the interdimensional aspect, when I, when I say that stuff, I come back to things that like this that I, I know are here, and I'm like, well, what are you going to do with buried Nephilim? What are you going to do with a resurrection chamber of Gilgamesh? What are you going to do with his body? And you're now you're talking about black magic, you're talking about resurrecting things, which means you're pulling things from other realms. And so like, this is stuff that they've been dabbling with for a long time. I mean, CERN is another thing that like people, it goes in and out of people's consciousness when it comes to like how they want to view the world around them. But CERN is a real problem. CERN yeah. is a real, real problem. And they do some really dark things there. And they, 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 they worship deities there that are that are supposed to be fictional apparently right according to science you know um th these gods are are not supposed to be real but they have them on their front lawn and they they incorporate them throughout the entire um property they have demonic uh ceremonies to open up train tunnels that go into the mountains like it, there, there there's something to be said about that and so like when you think about all that conspiratorial stuff that has a very real interdimensional aspect to it. And we can say, okay, well, if it, and if this is what you want to believe, if you, if you, if you want to, you know, go down that route and be like, okay, well, I mean, yeah, maybe, you know, because some people are like, no, there's gotta be an explanation. Well, you know, uh, that's fine. But uh, if you want to go down that route and you're thinking, okay, well, if that's true, they are, they're, they're dabbling in, in interdimensionalism. They're trying to, 
communicate with things on the other side. There's, there's, there's stories and rumors of, of the scientists at CERN actually making contact with things on the other side and them trying to bargain with these beings and basically saying, if we open it up, this doorway all the way up, please don't kill us kind of thing. So if that stuff's true, and maybe some of that isn't true, right? But what we do know is that the the, the ceremony, the satanic ceremony that they did to as, a, as an opening to the tunnel that drives into these, this mountain range, which the mountain range itself has a very dark mystery to it. Um, it. It's clear to me that they're doing interdimensional things, tapping into other realms. And so if they're doing that, why couldn't the things that exist in those other realms do the same thing? I would argue that they are. I think that the things in the other realms have been tapping into our realm and they go back and forth freely. They have an ability to do those things where we cannot. And I do think the reason why we cannot, it goes back to the Garden of Eden and the fall of man. I think that we lived a very a much more spiritual. This was the, I think that we lived a very different existence before sin entered the equation. The punishment was physical. We were transitioning into a physical realm. We had the punishment was you have to toil the ground. You're going to have to farm. You're going to have to make your food. Women, it's going to hurt to give childbirth. The punishment was physical, which means that back before the sin, physical wasn't even part of the equation of an issue. And I, I wonder if if we if the sin never happened, would we be able to traverse back and forth? Because I I think let me finish that thought. I think when the punishment happened, we were actually removed from a, a realm that we don't have access to now. But the things that were, are not human do still go back and forth. And you can say that's demons, fallen angels, whatever you want to do, or angels themselves. Um, but I think that it was part of the punishment, removing us from this realm into a much more physical existence. And, um, and yeah, so that's how Tony sees it. So is it like... Um... So the Garden of Eden is like a, um, another realm, essentially, correct? Is that yeah, you're not going to find it. Yeah, yeah you're not going to find it. Like I, I, When I was a kid, I used to think about, oh, man, how cool would it be to be the one to find the Garden of Eden? And uh, I stopped thinking about that as I got older, but uh, I, I don't believe you're going to find it now. I think you have to go to, the, to another realm to find it. If you go to another realm, I think you can find it there, and that's where you're going to find the angel guarding it. But I don't think that you're going to find it here. You're not going to go to Turkey or somewhere and be like, oh, there's a garden here that we never found before. That's amazing. Yeah. There's the angel and the sword just going back and forth. It's not going to work that way. I think that this was a whole different realm. I think humanity uh, lost access. Maybe that's a better way of saying it. I think humanity lost access to that realm. You know, it, 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 they, I think we were physical, spiritual. We had much more uh, access and awareness. Uh, uh, adherence and awareness to the other side, the, the, the other part of us. And uh, when the sin happened and the punishment happened, I think that we became much more physical. We lost access to that other part. And um, that sucks, man. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks. Uh, but, you know, it, it's, it's a beautiful story. I mean, uh, from that point to now, I mean, you read that Bible and it's like, it's it's just a it's the from from Genesis to Revelation, it's a love story about how a creator who's perfect in every way created a way to bring his creation back to him. 
in a way that he found justifiable because he is so perfect. And, um, you know, you can get into like Bible stuff and be like, yeah, if God's love, then why this, why that? I don't question. I don't question the omnipotent God. I accept him for who he is. And I try to fall in line. Mm -hmm. And and I I just think that like, I, I, I think the Bible is an adventure. And I think people who, um, maybe don't really care for the Bible or whatever. I think they're missing out on, on, on a real amazing story. Like, like if you just want to approach it that way, like forget whether it's true or not, it's amazing. It, it, like if you can really grasp the storyline and the understanding the the be behind it, it's an amazing story. Yeah. And then you can look into how it was written over, you know, a thousand plus years by over, what is it? Over 40 authors over that thousand plus years. You know, it wasn't like, it was just written by a group of guys that got together and like, Oh, let's trick humanity into believing this one thing. Like it was written by several people in three different languages over a thousand a year, over a thousand years. Uh, and, and it all falls in line. And there was things, in, there's things in it. Like, uh, I don't know how I got on this. I'm sorry, but no, no, it's great. <laughs> um, but like there's things in it, like, um, in the Psalms, David writes about, he's prophesying about the Messiah and I forget which one it is. It really bothers me. I forget that now. Um, But he, he basically describes the crucifixion. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the Psalms, the Psalms were written, and I don't know the dates, but like, let's just say over a 500 period, 500 year period, the Psalms were written. Okay. It's not just David that wrote the Psalms and uh, it was written over a large period of time, right? It's a, it's a compilation. I think it's what 129, 130 chapters. It's compilation. Um, but from the time of the last Psalm being written, and it's not in order either, but the oldest Psalm or the, the youngest Psalm that we have, let's just say it's, um, I, I, let's just say it's 500 AD, right? Um, he's describing, and let's just say that it's the Psalm where he's describing crucifixion is the youngest Psalm we have. So it's 500 AD. The crucifixion wasn't, invented for another 90 to a hundred years from the la- the time of the last Psalm being written. Mm-hmm. So you have David who is writing and describing a crucifixion of this Messiah and the, the actual punishment that would kill him hadn't even existed yet until Darius King Darius killed. I think it was like 3000 political enemies by crucifixion. And that was the, as far back as we can find uh, the origination of crucifixion. And so like, how does that work? And that's just one little thing. I mean, there's been so many things. And so if you can look at the Bible and just be like, I'm up for a good story. I'm up for a good journey. I'm telling you, it ain't going to disappoint. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, it's the well that you can keep going back to for mystery. I, I'm telling you, like it, like it, it just, it, it just, there's so, it's so intricate and there's so much to it that you, you gloss over things that you, that later on you're just like, whoa, how did I miss that? Like one of the things that I, um, I had never heard of ever growing up and through my studies until I was, I think 27, 28, around that age, um, the story of David's mighty men. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand why that's not taught to kids 
like, like you teach kids about David and Goliath and this idea that David threw a stone at this giant, hit him on the forehead, it killed him, blah, blah, blah. And that's a great story, right? And it's, it's really fantastic. Um, but that same guy later grows up to be like the baddest of the bad dudes. You know, like he, like he's like, he's a slayer. Like he, he, everybody's scared of him. Like nobody wants to mess with him. And then he creates an army of super soldiers. So like the story of Samson, whereas this dude, he's like, he kills a, was a thousand soldiers with a jawbone of a donkey. Yeah. You know, he's so, like, like he, he, he messes up his whole gig. God punishes him. And then he's like, God, please just let me revenge my, my enemies one time. And he's like, okay, cool. But you're going to have to die in the process. That's fine with me. Let me knock these pillars out real quick and kill everybody. That guy, right? Like he's super strong, super soldier dude. Well, David had an entire army of those guys. Like it was an entire army. Like you think about the movie 300, that on steroids. And like, that's what I'm saying. Like when people just read it, they're going to be entertained. Yeah. It's a, it's a wild story. And, uh, anyways, uh, Skinwalker Ranch is pretty cool guys. <laughs> <laughs> I told you it's ADHD to the max. And when I'm a guest on somebody's show, I don't have to worry about keeping things reined in. That's your job. So <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good, dude. We, that's, that's what we like. We like to see where, where the conversation takes us, you know? Yeah. So, but dude, well, also what, so I, I, th- I had a couple of thoughts, um, as we were going through that, um, one, it was just, you know, out of all the prophecies in the old Testament, there's, I can't remember how many, but there's, a bunch of prophecies that the Messiah has to fulfill to be considered the Messiah. And there's only one person throughout history who has fulfilled all of those, and that's Jesus. And that's, that's been proven through the New Testament, and, you know, I think that's, that's an awesome thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, um, when we were talking about CERN and, and Shiva, the destroyer, which is the, um, the god they have the statue of at CERN, um, I was just thinking about it because— I had never put two and two together, but Shiva's always depicted as having a circle around her with like all these hands. And I was thinking, is that what where CERN got the idea of making this giant, um, the Hadron Collider in a giant circle with all the segments that, you know, essentially like hands pushing the, the protons around in the circle to create portals. And they're mm. trying to bring Shiva through because that's the way she's depicted in like a portal circle coming through. I just thought of that when we were talking that that's very interesting. It wasn't like, isn't she like the God of destruction or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I think the whole idea of, Oh, we're trying to find the God particle. I'm like, yeah, you're full of crap. Don't lie to me. I know what I'm being lied to. Yeah. You know, like you're up to some shady stuff. Don't lie to me. Uh, and, And you know, then we have the Hedron Collider right here in Tennessee, you know, like we all live right next to it in Oak Ridge. Uh, it's not as big as CERN, but they have one and they use it often. And, um, I think that actually might explain for a lot of weird phenomenon that we experience in this area. Uh, and in 2019, the the one scientist there, she said, uh, and it was documented in an article that they were looking for, I believe it was the mirror universe or the mirror world or something like that. She said it like that. Um, and then later on kind of backtracked it and they, I think they, I really think they said that they were joking, 
And I just don't buy that. Like you can say you're joking as much as you want. I don't believe you. No. Like I've never met, I, I, like I've met scientists and I've never met one with a sense of humor. Like, <laughs> you know, like that's why I don't have scientists on my show because it would be a pretty dry show. Yeah. Uh, actually, you know, speaking of, uh, I, I, I might have a scientist on my show. Um, so there's a book, I forget, I can't remember what it's called, but, uh, Lindsay bought it and she's been reading it. And it's, it's basically academic people, including scientists from CERN who got together and they wrote a book that's fiction about CERN. And right there, you're like, well, you're trying to tell me what you're doing without telling me what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. And in that book, it's, it's, it gets juicy. And I'm like, why would you, knowing the rumors about CERN, why would you do this to yourself? And so the one scientist or the one, the one professor in there, actually, he's a professor, I think at some school in Chicago, I think, mm-hmm. but, uh, he, he, uh, was an attributing author and he said some very interesting things about, um, d- dimensions and accessing them. And I looked him up and it turns out he leads like some kind of Christian organization on campus. And I was like, interesting. And so I reached out to him and I talked to him, uh, well, I emailed him and he emailed me back and, uh, he said that he doesn't believe what he wrote in that book. It was just fiction. And I was like, and I told him, I said, well, I understand that, but, um, I have a very large paranormal podcast and, I think you and I could have a really good conversation because you're a Christian and I'm a Christian. And I think that we could maybe have some fun with the conversation. And he said, well, as long as you're not expecting me to confirm what is said in that book as reality, I wouldn't mind having a conversation with you. And that was like probably back in August and I just been busy and I haven't got him on the show. (laughs) Uh, But you know, eventually I'd like to have him on and have a conversation with him. And I'm just going to throw a bunch of crazy woo woo, crazy (laughs) nut stuff. I, I'm, I'm going to have him on video. I'm going to start drooling on purpose just to really make him uncomfortable. Like there's, there's something wrong with this guy. Yeah, man. <laughs> Tell me about the portals, you know? Uh, but like, I just, I, I think that I think I could have a really interesting conversation with somebody of his intelligence, but also somebody who is claiming Christianity as a faith of theirs, because they're like, I could just go with just armed with scripture references of bonker stuff and ask him how he views it, you know? Yeah. Like, how do you view transfiguration? You know, how how do you view the moment that Jesus transfiguration on, I think it was, I forget it was, it was on like a mountain or a hill or whatever, but he has three of his disciples. He goes up there with them. He, he uh, transforms his body. Like he literally, his body changes. Like they, he looked different and Moses and Elijah appear and they have a little powwow. And Jesus, when he's when they're done, he's like, "You will not speak of this." <laughs> it was like, "Got it, boss. Wait till he dies, and we'll tell the whole world about it." You know, <laughs> that's. I mean, that's what happened, right? I mean, yeah. he goes to heaven, he re- resurrection, goes to heaven, and then they're like, "Okay, safe to tell. He's gone now. Let's tell the whole world about how we saw him have a meeting with Elijah and Moses." Yeah, wild. <laughs> you know, I want to know. I want to know what this Christian scientist that is connected with CERN thinks about that. You know, how do you explain that? Yeah. So, um, I don't, cause you, you said Christian scientists and that just rem- makes me wonder if he's part of the, um, Christian science religion. Cause there's a religion of Christian scientists. I don't know what they believe, but it, I don't know. 
I was wondering if that may be part of it. I've never heard of it. It's an actual religion yeah. of is it called Christian Science. Yeah, there it's um they have one here in Knoxville. Um it's a denomination. Wow. Um sounds culty. It yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Ty, I didn't know you went to that church. He does. <laughs> so what is the deal with circles and portals? Because we're bringing it back right now. The sure. ritual circle. Bringing it that you in. guys walked across. I mean, it seems like circles have a lot to do with portals, with um, just, I mean, rituals. The pentagram is a circle. I mean, all this stuff. It seems like circles have a lot to do with it. Yeah, no, uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Uh, I would love to have an answer for you uh, coming right off the scientific conversation. <laughs> like, let me just tell you how circles work and why it's important. Uh, I don't know. I don't know at all. I can tell you I have a picture of a portal. like a, like a, a So we have, like I think it's like night vision or something, like that video of a portal on Ryan's property that I mentioned. Uh, but just about an hour and a half, two hours, maybe yeah, about, about two hours north of us in Kentucky, uh, there's a guy that has a property who had a portal open up right in front of him and he was able to capture, capture a picture of it before it disappeared. Like he literally hit picture, took a picture and it disappeared right away. And he just got that one picture. But when you see the picture, it's the, it's dusk. It, the sun's going down and it's opening up in the, in the forest. And when you zoom in on it, you can see how there, like there's trees in the foreground. So you can see it's behind some trees, uh, but it is a green portal that is opening up. And he's like, he tells me that when he shows it to some people, they're like, Oh, I think I see faces in it and stuff. And he's like, I don't see faces, but are you not impressed enough with the fact that I got a portal on picture? <laughs> like yeah. they're like, you know, look at the faces. And he's like, yeah, but look at the portal, you know, <laughs> uh, it's always, it's always funny how people just want to keep it up, keep upping it. But uh, yeah, no, th those, uh, those pictures, it's the best pictures I've ever seen uh, when it comes to portals. I mean, it's, I was like, holy crap. Cause the first picture I saw was uh, of it up close. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, maybe it's fake or whatever, uh, some kind of explanation. But when you zoom out, you see the whole scope of it. And it's just like, nope, that thing is, it's right there, you know? And it's just, it's pretty wild. But that I say all that because that portal doesn't really have the circle shape. It has more of a, a tunnel shape, I would say. Like it, it looks... It looks like if it was a circle, it looks like the circle was stretched out horizontally. Um, it looks like there's motion involved. Uh, but then there's also, I think a lot of the portals are not even visible. And I think that's how people, when they talk about saying they saw something that just kind of appeared, I think it's because it appeared through something like that, but you just can't see the portal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Martin Groves. He was in my studio and he had a, a gnarly, is it gnarly or gnarly? Gnarly. Gnarly. gnarly? gnarly? Yeah. I, 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 I always miss, I always misspeak words. I always miss say words. And recently my brother, he calls me in the studio and he's like, Hey, um, I just want to let you know, uh, you, you keep saying gnarly and it's gnarly. 
And he's <laughs> like, he looks at me so serious, like, 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 oh no. And he's like, do you want me to take that out? And I'm like, what, bro? Like, I'm stupid. The audience already knows that. Like, you understand? <laughs> I, I say things wrong all the time. I said, if you want to take it out and waste your time, that's fine. But you could be done a lot sooner if you just leave it in. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, uh, anyways, he, um, uh, shoot, where was I going? What was gnarly? What portals. was I talking about? Martin yeah, portals. portals, yeah. Yeah, but which which one? Martin Gross talking? in studio. Oh yeah, Martin Gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had a, a wild. Let's just keep it on. I can say that word. Wild uh, dogman encounter, uh, which spawned him into researching and investigating the LBL uh, on the Tennessee mm-hmm. side. And he talks about seeing something come through a portal, but the portal it wasn't really visible. This thing, but he saw something like it like walked out of a portal. Like you could see the progression of it becoming visible. And um, now this is all wild, weird stuff that people are like, yeah, right. You're, you're crazy. Like why would this guy is crazy? And I'm going to stop listening to AFK discussion <laughs> because they bring on the stupidest people and therefore they're stupid too. But I'm just telling you, uh, look into it. People know we're stupid. So it's, all, it's perfect. All good. Perfect time for a plug. Go see the confessionals. <laughs> Tony talks crazy on his own show too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I do. And and the longer I do it, the less I care. Um, you know, like I just as I was talking with you guys five minutes ago, I just hit publish for my members to be able to listen to tomorrow's episode now on my app. And it's episode five hundred and eighty-four. And I've been doing this a long time, you know, and that says I've been doing this a long time. And I just over time have just gotten to the point where I just don't care anymore. You know, like, I don't care if I am right, if I'm wrong, if people like me, if they don't, like, I just don't care. You know, like when I, when I come across somebody who's a troll on social, I don't talk to them. I just delete the comment and I block them. You know, like I used to think that I I had to engage and be like, no, if I could only explain myself, people would understand me. Now... Trolls are there to be trolls. They're not there to, to understand you. They're there to try making your life miserable. So you just cut them out. You know, like I had this one guy, this one guy commented like a day or two ago. Uh, he's like uh, on my Instagram. I posted a picture of me and another guy in my studio who is a whistleblower. And people are like jazzed up about this, this episode. Uh, they don't know. I actually have two whistleblowers coming back to back weeks. It just happened. I, I didn't plan it that way. Um, you didn't uh, ruin the, the, hopefully you did what I lost sound for a second. Oh, okay. Um, that's a you problem, not a me problem. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's like, hopefully you didn't ruin the interview by your, uh, I forget what he, how he described my laughing and my horrible jokes. And I was just like, bro, you still listen though. You know, like, like, like you, like you still follow me and you still listen, but you don't like me. So I'm thinking there's something mentally wrong with you. And so I was just helped him along with his, uh, his mental issues and I just blocked him so that he doesn't have to deal with me anymore. Um, but just the longer you do this stuff, guys, like the less you care, you're just like, I don't care. Like it is what it is. And, and if you can just keep yourself like in the point where you're like, I'm, I'm not trying to be the smartest person in the world. I'm not trying to prove my point to everybody and, and make them all believe what I believe. Just having fun conversations. 
it just, it just frees you to be yourself. And, uh, that's where I'm at now. I just don't care. So if it's portal talk, it's portal talk. If it's, you know, Bible talk, it's Bible talk. If it's whatever, I don't care. UFOs, abductions, whatever. Talk about it all. Have some fun. You know, you, you, you just got to have some fun with it. Oh yeah, we do. Ty and I go off the rails all the time. I'm, I remember this one episode we were talking about demon possession and it spiraled way out of control. <laughs> it was good though. It was good. <laughs> I, as long think, as I, think the best, I think some of the best episodes are where me and you don't see eye to eye and you're like, well, I think it's this way because this. And I go, I think it's this way because this. And we're like, all right, well, you guys decide. And it's kind of like, you know, we, we always encourage people do your own research, do your own thing. We're not, we're not, professionals we're not scientists we're not astrophysicists we're not archaeologists we're not anthropologists we just are two guys who have microphones and computers right like so it kind of is what it is yeah. yeah hey tony um i'm i want to ask this question i don't know if you're going to be able to talk about it but i know that there was some things that were cut from the film uh, is there anything you can talk about that was left on the cutting room floor that you wish had made it in? Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. No, I, I, I don't think so. I mean... I, I know there's things that didn't make it, you know, but it wasn't because like, oh, we got to hide that. Actually, um, there is one thing that we cut out and I don't know if we had to or not, but um, yeah, I can't talk about it though. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, uh, that's why I was asking. But yeah, like when we're, when you're trying to make something, you're, you're like, I, I can't, yeah, I can't even talk about that. Yeah, I yeah. can't talk about it. I yeah. just heard I, there I, was stuff that didn't make it because you weren't allowed to talk about it. I didn't know if it was something yeah. you could talk about or it was just something you couldn't show. So, yeah. Yeah, no, that it, no, that, yeah, now that I'm thinking, yeah, there's this one thing that leads to other things that if we talked about, I think could possibly get us in trouble. Okay, okay. So, gotcha. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, don't but, um, I will talk about the the ritual circle because we talked about that briefly, and I didn't we didn't get into detail, and um, I, I I just don't want your audience being like they never freaking talked about the ritual circle. What was the ritual? Because <laughs> you know? yeah. it was kind of wild. It was kind of wild. Uh, so the story goes, um, it was nighttime, and it was just completely black out there. We were all sitting around the campfire, and. Uh, I had remembered that I had trail cams. And so Ward, my cameraman, who's also like ultra security, like Ward is very security minded. Uh, Joel is security minded in the sense that he doesn't want to die, but he will jump through the portal. Uh, <laughs> Ward's like, I'm not jumping through a portal. I'm going to make sure everybody's safe, you know? And so like, for instance, Expedition Dogman, he actually was carrying an AR, AR while he was carrying his camera. And, um, so like, he's just ultra security, but, uh, he, he comes with me to hang these cameras up. No gun, obviously no camera. 
And we go down this trail past where we were and we found those trackways and uh, we found a spot where we thought would be a good spot for a camera to be hung from a tree that kind of shot over in that direction. And it actually was a very good location because uh, I, I kind of looked behind me before I started climbing this tree to see, you know, make sure he's watching my back. Cause I was, I'm, you know, it's a little spooky back there and uh, he's not behind me. And that was very weird. And he was about 20, 30 feet away from me. And he, he's standing there looking down at the ground and I can see that there's like a cow skull. And I'm like, is that what I think it is? And he's like, yep. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. You know, cool. You know, there's a cow skull over there. And so I hang the, the, the camera and I go over to, you know, check out the cow skull. Uh, it wasn't just a cow skull. It was uh, several skulls. There was bones and it was in a circle. It was a ritual circle. There was a bowl in the middle of it with like some like coins and I think tobacco. And uh, there was like a, it's like, um, I don't know. There's just a bunch of different stuff around the circle. And uh, it was clear that what the intent was. And so we took pictures of it. We went back up to base camp and uh, we started showing the guys the pictures of this thing. And, um, just as we were showing them the pictures, and this is how it plays out in the film, and it really played out like this in real life. It was like we triggered something because as soon as we started showing these pictures to the guys, the sky started lighting up. UFOs, lights on the mesa shooting up into the sky. Like, And we had about two hours, I'd say, of activity where it was just constant bang, 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 all over the place. And uh, it, it was the most wild UFO experience I've ever had. Like, you know, people see UFOs and things like that. Like this was very intentional and it was a lot. And um, the next night, I think it was, we took down uh, the natives that were kind of showing us the area separately. And both of them confirmed that it was a skinwalker ritual circle. And Johnny was like, uh, we shouldn't be here, you know? And, um, and we're like, well, Johnny, you can go, but we're the crazy gringos, you know? <laughs> so like, <laughs> we're going to just do stupid stuff and see what happens. Um, but yeah, no, the, the ritual circle was, was wild. And uh, I, I don't know. I really don't know what to make of it. Other than they said that it was a skinwalker ritual circle. It was clearly a ritual circle and it was very close to our campsite. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know. I don't know, but it was, it was definitely good for film. I'll tell you that much. It was yeah. good for, it was good. And people were like, oh, they planted it. No, we didn't plant it. I don't know how to prove that, but we didn't plant it. Um, like I said, I mean, we go out to these places and we're just, we're just trying to put ourselves in the environment and see what happens. You know, we have general idea, like we line up interviews and things like that to try to, you know, make something that's entertaining for people, especially if we don't capture anything on film, but we're trying to capture stuff on film. And we, we definitely caught a lot of stuff while we were out there. The UFOs, the ritual circles, we were chased by people. I mean, like it was, it was a pretty, pretty wild experience. And I'm definitely looking forward to, to getting back, back out there one of these days, not anytime soon, but one of these days, There's a lot of places yeah. to explore. So dude, that's probably one of my favorite um, parts of the film is after the ritual circle and you guys are all there watching all the UFOs just like, come and go and just how crazy it is. 
and I'm, Joel is just like freaking out, like, oh, look at that, they're, they're coming back, you know. It just, it's awesome because you can see just the wonder in everyone's eyes and just like, this is happening, you know. It, it, was, yeah. it was awesome to see. I think it's funny, like, you put this stuff out and the number, and I, I think it's funny as in like, it's, it's adorable. Like, it's not, I don't want to say it like that. It's, um, it's cool, you know, when you get people, they message you and they're like, Oh, next time you go out, I want to come with. And it's like, well, no, but that's cool that you like it that much that, that you'd want to come with us. You know, like, it's just, it's funny. Like, I, I think people think it's, I don't know. It, it like, I've been, I've been doing this stuff for a while now, just podcasting, creating stuff. And it's my job now. This is what I do for a living. And so it's a job to me. Like, like I don't go out there. Like we're not, we, we listen, we don't go out there and just have kumbaya around the campfire and hopefully something happens. Like we're out there, we're working, we're constantly going, we're coming. When we come back home, we sleep for days. We're exhausted. Um, and so like, you know, people, they're like, Oh, I'd love to go out there with you. But I don't think they've quite realized the intensity that goes into it. You know, like you watch, an out like I think uh, the shape of shadows was an hour and eight minutes, but we were out there for an entire week, you know, like just doing tons of stuff, trying to get as much as possible to share with people. And so, you know, I I, I think people sometimes feel like it's just kind of going and hanging out, and and it, there is a little bit of that element, right? But it's it's also it's also kind of work. And on top of it, the the biggest thing for me is. I don't want to be sued and people, you know, like people, they'll, uh, they'll trip over a log or something. They're like, wow, oh, I was with miracle media. I'm suing them. Like, well, I don't yeah. got a whole lot of money and now we're definitely out of business, you know? <laughs> and so I, I worry about that stuff. But, uh, no, I think it's really cool that people kind of get so into it that they're just like, I got to go next time. I'm like, no, but thanks for being a fan. That's awesome. You know, yeah. I, I was a, the dope truck driver and, decided to start creating crap and people like it now. I'm just like, how did we get here? I think there's a, probably a book to be written one day about it, you know? Yeah, totally. So before we uh, wrap things up, I got, I got just a couple more questions for you. Um, Ty, do you have anything else that you wanted to throw in here? Um, I don't think I have any. I mean, like, I, I have more questions, right, about, like, the lights, what we think the lights were, things like that. But um, we've we've let Tony rant a little too long, I think. <laughs> did, did you rant long enough, Tony, or are you, you just getting started? Uh, no, I, I actually had to wind it down because yeah, it's past time. And <laughs> tomorrow night, uh, I start an interview at 10 30 at night and I got to go till midnight. It's like a live radio show. And, uh, so I got to make sure I get some sleep here so that I'm awake. Cause I gotta, I gotta get up at six o'clock in the morning, no matter what, and pick take my son to school. So yeah, definitely gotta get yeah. on this end of the night. Okay. I got two quick questions and then we'll, uh, wrap it up. So, cool. um, that show, um, the expedition X show I was watching, um, they were out at the petroglyphs. And I thought it was very strange that they had some of the petroglyph blurred out. And they only showed, like, just a very small section. But anytime they did the wide angle of the, the I guess, the big rock wall, um, they blurred out most of the petroglyphs. Do you know why that would be? Is there anything there that it could be, like, 
sacred and they did, couldn't show on air or you, I mean, yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I think uh, there's probably, obviously there's a reason for it. And it's definitely not to manipulate the audience to make you feel like there's something mysterious about the location. Uh, and I say that half joking, but, um, but it's really big. Like that area is mysterious. I mean, those, those, those things are ancient and the things that are there are wild. My question to you is, did they show the six fingered giants? No, they did right. not. That's so what that's was blurred out. That's what was blurred out. Yeah. See, 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 now we're getting somewhere. Yep. Uh, um, that's really interesting that they would blur that out. We didn't blur ours out. Ours out. Yeah, they didn't um, even talk about that. So, it, it's, and that is why you want to fo- you want to follow independent media people, friends, because I don't answer to anybody. I just I do what I want to do, and I don't need to worry about blurring things out. I have no idea why they blurred that out, but I can almost guarantee you, it has something to do with not sitting well with the higher ups. And not wanting to touch certain topics, but with Merkel Media, we'll do whatever we want. That's and right. so, um, yeah, that's a shame that they blurred that out because they have a huge audience and it could really get people scratching their heads. But that's probably why they did it because they don't want people doing that. Yeah, they just—it's it, controlled, you know. Like they want to control the narrative, they want to control the direction of your thoughts, they want to control your mind. You know, that's essentially what they're doing. They control the way you think. That's what mainstream media does. Over time, they manipulate the way you think by controlling what they expose you to. And so if they hold things, if they hold things back from you being able to see, you are ignorant of it. Therefore, when they introduce other things to you without the, all the information, they're essentially controlling how you think and controlling your brain. And uh, it, it goes deep, guys. It goes deep. It's not just, you know, Fox News, CNN that does it. It's Discovery Channel. It's History Channel. It's all these people that work in these industries that have an agenda. And usually the agenda is not Christ-centric. I am somebody who is. And so uh, when I have the opportunity to talk about six-finger giants, I'm like, yeah, I think we're going to do that, you know? So... <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know why they would do that other than they were probably trying to control some kind of narrative or they just didn't want to touch that. They're just like, Oh, I don't want to touch it. Cause then, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's good. Like, I don't understand why you would, wouldn't want to do it. It's like, I would, if I was them, I would have been like, let's do an entire episode on this because I'll tell you what ratings are going to be through the roof. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But that just tells you they're not doing it for money. They already have the money. You know, like when you get to the point where the money's not the issue. Like, yeah, they're there to make money, but like, they're not like, so, so there's, um, you read this industry has reached a point where everybody's fat and happy. And so it's like, it, it left room for other things to come in. And I think that's why you see so much other things that you're like, that doesn't make sense. Why were they shooting themselves in the foot? Because they don't need to worry about the money aspect of things. So now they're just following the agenda. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, there's what they call old money in Hollywood, which is referring to um, people who have, I mean, I'm talking like boatloads of money who do not like the direction of Hollywood and the way it's going. 
and they're looking to invest their money into other things that aren't along the the agenda that's being pushed right now. And they do that because one, they want to put their money where it counts, right? But they're not expecting a huge return on it. They're doing, they're literally doing it to combat what's being put out right now. Um, and that's a very common thing to be honest with you. There's a lot of people out there doing that. They're, they're, they're literally investing in projects that they know they're going to lose money on, but they're doing it because they don't need to worry about losing money. And so if there's people out there doing it like on that end, and that's the end I know of because I've been in, in contact with those ty- types of people. I've never taken any of the money, but I know they're there. Um, but if they're doing that, then what's the other side doing? You know, they have yeah. even more money. So that it's not about the money. It's about the narrative. It's about, you know, what they can do. It's about control. It's about power, you know, like money can buy power. Sure. Yeah. You see it play out all the time. Definitely. All right. So last question. This is something that I, I've wanted to know for a while now. So, um, Kyle from Expedition Dogman, is there any updates? Because I know there was a teaser at the very end where um, he was talking about it was a Skinwalkers or Wendigo. I can't remember exactly. I think it was Skinwalker that um, his son was seeing something through the window. Is there any updates with him? Yeah. So um, the only update I have is that, well, one, that happened. Uh, and he has since changed his tune about the Daniel Boone and what he wants to be involved in. So he actually, when we went out there, he was not willing to spend a night out there. He's like, good luck. I'm not going to be out there at night. And so that handcuffed us. We were not able to go to his encounter location because it was too far back in the woods that we couldn't get him out before nightfall. And we tried, like we went in the morning we started hiking in because the access road was locked up and closed. We had a hike and we hiked for miles and you get to a point where you're so far back and you're looking at the time and you're having discussions amongst each other. And you're just like, uh, well, Kyle, if you don't want to be out here when it's nighttime, we got to turn around and go back because by the time we get out of here, it's going to be getting dark. And so we'd have to go all the way back, get in our trucks, take him back to wherever he was at get our gear, go back, hike back in at night just for the night shots. And so it was logistically not the greatest. Uh, Since then, he has told me that he would be willing to do nighttime camping with me out there. So that changes the game because now we got back as far as his, in the story, his grandfather parked the truck he gets out with the dogs, goes into the woods, and the whole encounter happened about 30 minutes, uh, 30 minutes away from his grandfather's truck. Well, we were able to hike back to where the grandfather, his grandfather parked the truck that night. And so we know that we can reach that in a day. So what we're going to do is one day we'd like to go back and hike up to where his grandfather parked the truck, set up camp there, spend the night there, The next day, hike back further in to where he actually had the encounter. Uh, We would like to be able to be at the spot so that we could do metal detecting and see if we can find his dog's collar. Uh, In his story, he said that his dog in the fight with this monster uh, lost its collar. 
And we feel like if we could find the collar, it would validate his story. And uh, it doesn't need validation in my mind. I believe Kyle. I spent enough time with him. I love him. He's a friend of mine. Um, but for the world, I think it would be something huge. And also, it would provide closure for Kyle. You know? Like, it's just that 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 piece of the puzzle for him. It's like, I got the collar back, and now I can I can show the world that I was telling the truth. You know? Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So that's basically the update I have on that front. Um, I would like to maybe reach back out to him and talk to him a little bit more. Cause there's some things I thought about with his story that I would like more information on. Like, um, where's his family at? You know, the dog got beat up, right? Destroyed, tore up. His grandfather knows what the story is. His grandfather's no longer here. I don't think his grandmother's here. But does anybody else in the family know about the story? Could they talk about it? You know, like with his mom, dad, know about the dog getting torn to pieces. Would they talk about it? What's their story? You know, things like that. So I think there's definitely meat to be pulled off the bone there. Uh, We just got to, we got to get back out there sometime. And it's not as easy as you'd think, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Especially when you're trying to create films, it's like you can't revisit the same spot so fast. You got to spread it out. So we... We went from Kentucky to Utah uh, to Washington, and uh, next month we're shooting our first film in Tennessee. Um, we shot our first movie in Colorado this past summer, and um, so yeah, that we're we're trying to go all over the place and just do really cool things. But I think one day we'll definitely have to visit the the Kyle situation again. Yeah, I, w- I would love to get an update. I mean, even just on the podcast. If he comes on and, you know, if anything else has happened, that would be awesome to hear. Just, you know, just what's been going on with Kyle, you know? Yeah. Last time I, last time I, I talked to him was just a, about a month ago. He sent me a link. He's the one who introduced me to Oliver Anthony. He said, uh, he, te- he sent me the video, the YouTube video of Oliver Anthony's song, uh, Richmond, uh, what, Rich Men North of Richmond. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, listen, you need to listen to this song and I know it's going to connect with you the way it connected with me. And I listened to that song and I was like, holy crap, this is an anthem. And then I went online and I was, it was blowing up and I was just like, wow, this, there's something to this. And it, it, that song I think has done things. It's done things that are, that you can't even calculate yet. Um, it, it's it's brought unity amongst communities that you wouldn't think would have that unity. Um, when you look at these reaction videos, like the reaction videos on YouTube, like you got tons of YouTubers who do reaction videos to like hip hop, you know, and they're doing reaction videos to it and everybody's on the same page. It's resonating with everybody. I'm just like, yo, this song, it's an anthem. And it's where we're at in life right now in this country. We needed something to bring us together at least a little bit, even if it's for just for a period of time so that we feel better. <laughs> like, you know, we needed that. And it, 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 I, I don't know. I like that song. Maybe other people are like, ah, oh, he's a racist. I, I don't think he's racist. He's a Nephilim. He's a Nephilim <laughs> for sure. He's got that red hair and he's like a giant. You see how tall that guy is? No. Dude, he went to, to Rogan uh, and he took a picture standing next to Rogan. He's legit. Like, Rogan, like, might be able to bite, bite his nipples. <laughs> like, you know, like, like that's, how, that's how the difference. Like, and 
and Rogan's not tall. I think Rogan's like five eight, right? Yeah. But I mean, this dude is like he looks like he's at least six five, six six. He's huge. Dang. Absolutely huge. He, he's a West Virginia boy that just he looks like he could throw he could probably throw a tree very far. <laughs> Nephilim. You know, he could probably scoop up that buffalo with one arm, you know, just like the legends. So yeah, no, I, I I'm a big fan of Oliver Anthony. I actually reached out to him and talked to him about uh coming on my show. And when I say talk to him, I mean I talked to his inbox. <laughs> I, I, I didn't actually make it all the way through to Oliver Anthony. I don't think either that or he's like, no, you're weird. I'm like, yeah, I agree. I am weird. Uh, so anyways, yeah. I bet you didn't expect me to bring up Oliver Anthony at the end of the show. Dude, that's great. I love it. <laughs> that's just, I mean, that's just that. I mean, that's our show. It's random and it's, it's awesome, you know, to have just talk about everything. So, yeah. Oh, I wish I wish we could have done this in the studio, guys. I've, I, I'm sorry. I, I wanted to do it in the studio, but I uh, it just didn't work out time wise. Man, there's going to be a bunch more films coming out. There's all always next time. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not like you know we live that far away from each other. Anyways, I gotta go, guys. Yeah, I man. Love you, hey, thanks for coming on, dude. It was great. Um and um. You know, next time we'll we'll talk more about Bigfoot this time, though, right? Yeah, and the missing person. There's yeah. a missing person case involved in it. Yeah, I'm sure there's a bunch more updates coming about that. I don't know. He's still missing. That's all I know. Yeah, but uh, I have heard that a lot of people are going missing in that area, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. Tony, thanks so much for coming on, man. We really appreciate you. Um, Guys, I'm sure you've heard of Tony's podcast if you're listening to our podcast, but if you haven't, go check out uh, Merkel Medial's uh, The Confessionals um, and go check out the movie, guys. Go to, uh, pl- plug the website one more time, Tony. Go to Merkel.media, no.com, just.media. And uh, right there, there's it's very apparent. You know, I have Watch Now buttons and Stream Now buttons and buttons on top of buttons. Just click one of the buttons and it will take you to where you need to be. And uh, you can watch the film, uh, The Shape of Shadows. Me and my team went out to Utah to a property called Space Wolf Research, which borders Skinwalker Ranch. And we had a wild week. And we documented it and we're releasing it for people to uh, purchase or rent on the internet. So go check it out, The Shape of Shadows. Also, guys, make sure to subscribe to The Confessionals wherever you listen to podcasts. And also, he has a member subscription, and you can get extra shows. So make sure you go and do that. I'm a member, and trust me, guys, it's worth it. But uh, thanks again, Tony, and uh, I'll talk to you soon, man. Peace. Peace. Peace.